High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We reported yesterday on the passing, the passing of Henry Kissinger. And uh, he was uh, a very, very interesting, very, very interesting figure indeed. And I'm trying to remember the quote about him. I was trying to look to, I was just going to look it up before, but I, I, I neglected to do so. It was something about how he walked into a press conference and he said, right, do you have any questions for my answers? And uh, I think that is attributed to him. Let's find out a little bit more about who this man was. John Day uh, joining us once again from the U.S. Uh, John, a very, very good morning to you. Thanks for joining. How are you? I'm well. Good morning. Always good to talk to you, Howard. So uh, had you heard that? Is, is that? is that a famous quote of his? I mean, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but it sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> Listen, exactly. Yeah. I like some of these quotes that are just made up because uh, yeah. it sounds like it's something that they would have said. So who was this? Uh, who was the man, Henry Kissinger? You know, complicated man, complicated mm. legacy. He's reviled as a war criminal by many on the left here in the States, and yet he's also you, arguably the most important figure in sort of American Cold War diplomacy, and he was responsible for you know, so many developments, you know, opening up American relations with China to, to sort of triangulate against the Soviet Union. Uh, he was able to uh, drive a wedge between the Soviet Union and the Arab states. He was the one who basically um, laid the, the groundwork for Egypt, uh, switching from the Soviet sphere to the American sphere. I mean, so many things that he was responsible for, and yet he still, um, many in the States consider him a war criminal for his work in, the, in Southeast Asia in terms of, you know, Cambodian bombings and mm, mm. Chapter, so many things he was, uh, he was, he, he developed, he was responsible for uh, uh, so much American policy that it's hard to, it's hard to separate the good from the bad, I think, in the, in the view of a lot of people here in the States. But isn't that, isn't that really the, the reality of anybody? You know, we, we live in a world that we want to see somebody as all good or all bad, but the reality is that we are all flawed humans and uh, we make, uh, we make hopefully good decisions at the time, which might turn out to be actually quite poor decisions. And it's only with history and retrospectively that you can look to decide what, uh, what was or what wasn't. Well, and that's exactly right. And the fact is, is that, um, I mean, he was the architect of so much uh, policy that still exists mm. and, and you can't, I mean, I mean, look, for example, at the American relationship with China. I mean, he still is revered in China, even when the Chinese and the, the Biden administration were having these difficulties earlier. Uh, Kissinger was still viewed. He was, he was there recently. I mean, yeah, he, he went to this year, I think, at the age of 100, yeah, I mean, he traveled to at China. At the age of 100, he, he's still, I mean, he was still, uh, I mean, look, he's advised every president since mm. John F. Kennedy. I mean, um, and just the... An amazing mind, an amazing strategist, an amazing global chess player. Yeah, and he, uh, he of course escaped Germany in, I think it was 1938 with his family. He fought for, uh, he fought uh, in the Second World War and then uh, went to Harvard where he, he spent a fair amount of time, didn't he? Yes, and you know, I mean, I think a lot of sort of amateur psychologists attribute his quest for order on the global 
scene uh, to his childhood in Nazi Germany. I mean, he was, you know, he escaped with his family. They they come to New York. They live in a small apartment, um, and he winds up going to to Harvard uh, in the late forties or early fifties. But uh, I think a lot of people attribute this quest for global order to his um uh, his his youth in Nazi Germany, having to escape that. Mm. It was actually always interesting as well because he was both admired and uh, and uh, not hated or detested amongst uh, many many Israel supporters as well because he had this very very clear view that he was an American first and then a Jew second, uh, which which obviously didn't suit a lot of people at the time whilst he was in that in that role. But he was absolutely right in the sense that that was his job. That was what he was meant to be doing. And uh, at the end of it, he did bring a lot of good to Israel in the Middle East through his, uh, even though he was a very difficult person. Well, I mean, that's right. He was the ultimate global realist. I mean, the, his, his, his whole philosophy was based on the idea that, uh, it's sort of the, you know, the real politic. I mean, the idea that the global powers had to do what was in their best interest and the smaller powers suffered. But a lot of, you know, the criticism mm-hmm. of him is that he, uh, he, he didn't care that much for the, 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 you know, what, what happened to the people who got in the way. But of course, his view that was, you know, realistic politics at work. I mean, but um i mean he was you know ultimately the, the 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 grand chess master of american strategy and um you know the criticism of him is that he was he didn't care for uh, or he didn't care about the moral implications mm-hmm. of what he was doing the flip side of that was um in his view it was that was the price you paid for being a great power mm-hmm. Mm. The he was he was a, a, a staunch Republican, wasn't he? He was in the sense. I mean, he he did advise. I mean, he advised JFK. He advised Lyndon Johnson. I mean, literally, each, all the presidents all right. since Kennedy. Um, he was Nixon's Secretary of State and sec- National Security Advisor. Mm. Um, he. Uh, he didn't get caught up in Nixon's Watergate scandal. He stayed yeah, was, out of uh, that. It was interesting that he did. He managed to stay out of that completely. Yeah, I mean, he 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 did not get caught up in that. I mean, he, he and that was the time he was opening up, uh, you know, American relations with China, and he was trying to negotiate an end to the Vietnam War, um, and he was also dealing with American responses to Indone- actions in Indonesia and Bangladesh, which he also received a lot of criticism for, but. But I had a, um, I mean, Howard, I had a, a very personal connection oh, to him, actually. Yeah, tell, tell us. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's, he, he, my father, who was a journalist, and Kissinger were very good friends, and they, uh, they would travel to the World Cup every four years. They were wow. both soccer fans. Wow. And they would write about soccer. I mean, Kissinger would take a break from, you know, whatever he was writing, and then they would write about whatever World Cup they were attending. And so, I had dinner with him once at our house, which was a great, uh, fascinating experience. I mean, he was, as long as you didn't mind him holding center stage, you could learn a lot from having dinner with him. That was right. my experience. Right. So he wasn't so. a, um, he, he wasn't personable. He was, uh, he, 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 as you said, he, he held center stage. I've read somewhere, I think that he was one of the thinnest skinned politicians, you know, that it had to all be about him and that he was quite, uh, edgy if it wasn't. Yeah, he, um, I mean, he was very concerned with his, with his public image. And right. so 
the things he did was hang out with uh, Hollywood starlets and beautiful uh, women, even if he wasn't involved. He wanted to present that uh, that picture of himself as someone who, you know, I mean, his quote was something about power being the, the greatest aphrodisiac that there was, but very thin-skinned, very concerned about his image. During the Nixon years, he had all of his aides wiretapped to find out if any of them were talking, were leaking to newspapers. So um, he was uh, he was not above doing that. Mm. I mean, that was the real politics at work here in the domestically. So, and did your father and he remain uh, remain friends for uh, for a, a, an extended period? They did for many many years. They uh, they, they traveled together. They wrote. Uh, my father edited columns that he wrote, and um, uh, they, 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 I mean, they were friends. They're, they're politically, they had some significant differences, but personally, they were friends. But Kissinger was not a, um, not the most personable guy. Mm. I mean, he, and he, he would admit that. He would say, I have a first rate mind, but I have a third rate ability to uh, interact with, with uh, other human beings, basically. But um, complex guy, very complicated yeah. person. Very, um, but but his lasting effects on American policy and, and global policy can't be denied. What's interesting as well is certainly, as as I said before, completely imperfect. It sounds pretty much like a a, a fairly low EQ, maybe not even a low EQ, because he understood what he needed to do uh, to 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 impress people. But uh, but certainly complex. The Today, I think maybe we've gone to the other extreme where our politicians seem to be more about um, saying the right thing, not offending anybody, uh, being this this perception of neutrality and perfection, which sometimes does away with what is needed. What's your thought? I think that's I think that's absolutely right. But I also think that Kissinger, even up to his hundredth year, he was still being effective in terms of. Uh, being able to con- uh, consult and, and, uh, travel the world and meet with global leaders and people listen to him. Mm. I mean, even at a hundred years old, they listened to him because he had, you know, the ability to see through the, the, you know, the, what was happening on the global scheme, even if he wasn't the most personal right. guy, but he had other strengths. So. Well, did he, did he have a, a family? What, I, I haven't read anywhere about that. Yeah, he did. He married a, a, a woman who was an aide to, there was a, uh, a guy named Nelson Rockefeller, one of the Rockefellers, who mm-hmm. was a former vice president, governor of New York, and yeah. he married a woman who was uh, one of his aides, and, and but he had two uh, children, I think, before that. So he had a family, um, and he had this, you know, at, at the end of his life, after his public life, he had this incredibly successful global consulting business where, you know, he made a, another made a fortune I'm by sure. mm. uh, traveling the world and giving strategic advice, but. Um, you know, and in the end, he was he was someone who was concerned about his public image. He wanted to portray himself as a, you know, as this incredibly effective leader. But I think if you go back to his early days, an insecure life uh, under Nazi Germany, did that form his views on the world? I'm I think sure. a lot of people think that had to have. Yeah, and I just found a, a reference to that quote. Does anyone have any questions for my answers? Is a quote made famous by Henry Kissinger, who once opened a press conference with this question. Kissinger knew that he wanted what he wanted to say to the press and was going to get his point across regardless of the type of questions posed to him by reporters, which... Uh, 
sounds pretty consistent sounds right. yeah. yeah with what yeah. you are saying john day thank you as always fascinating conversation you have a great thank weekend you. it is seven you o'clock too. i'm howard feldman this is your morning mayhem i'd love your thoughts please